Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. It's your host, Bad Luck Chuck. We back at it again with another episode of Kingdom Cast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment on all your social media platforms. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'd like to introduce. <clears throat> Sorry about that, man. I'd like to introduce the panel here first before we get into everything. Uh, Tyrant Ant Corner is my guy, Country. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm almost there, but not quite. Okay. I got to remember the mute button, you know. But uh, <laughs> but by left hand of the screens, uh, Kylie. And we bring back our, bring back our special guest here. Um, he's brought in one of our highest viewed shows, our highest rated shows, as a matter of fact. Uh, that still holds today from KC Sports Network. He's like the uh, little defensive guru here. So Craig Stout is in the building. Craig, welcome back to Kingdom Cast. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. I mean, you're putting a whole lot of expectation on me. What if this <laughs> What if this episode doesn't do numbers? Now all of a sudden, you, you're not going to have me back anymore. Like, come on now. Stop <laughs> it, Craig. <laughs> yeah, right. Craig, listen, Craig, everybody loves you on the show, man. So I don't think I you appreciate that. that. I love coming Whatsoever. on. It's good. Hey, hey, look, Craig was our highest rated, highest viewed episode for. I used to update him like every week. Like Craig is still number one. <laughs> yeah, for months he's, until uh, he's been surpassed, but he came back to take back his throne today. Yeah, can't can't be having that. Can't be having that. <laughs> Got to come back and get my throne. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like I think he, I think he was number one for like months, and then you know the AFC Championship game preview happened. But Damn, that's yeah. all right. That's all right. You know that was anticipated. So yeah. <laughs> so so Craig, man, I know you and the guys. Y'all been, y'all been doing a lot of studying. Um, you know, just like we have in some sorts, man. Um, I know you guys did like a recent my draft. Um, you and Maddie Lane did a show taking questions and everything. So I know I know you've been looking on mainly the defense side of the ball, and mm-hmm. it seems like you're a guy that's pretty adamant as far like going defense first. Uh, am I correct in that manner? Yeah, man. I'm. Uh, I know everybody wants to trade up for a wide receiver. Like, and I, I like Jameson Williams. I do. He's a, he's a hell of a player. But man, if you're trading up, you got you got to go get a defensive guy that's fallen. You know, defensive end is the spot. You need somebody to take over for Frank Clark when they inevitably cut him next year and move on from that big salary. And you know, he structured his contract the same way. He knows it too. You know, it, that's fine. But you got to have somebody not only to take over for him, but to start opposite him this next year. Mike Dana's fine. You know, you've got Josh Kando that we got to help, you know, hopes that he transitions into something really good for this team, but it's unknown. You got to get a stud. You got to get somebody that you can eventually want to pay, you know, $25, $30 million to. And right now, I don't see anybody on the roster that you want to pin your hopes on. So, yeah, trade up. Go get that guy. Go get the defensive end. I'm also okay with defensive line, you know, defensive tackle falls, corner falls. But mostly I'm focused on one of those top four defensive ends if they fall. But they may not. I I don't know, man. It it sounded like they're all going top ten right now. All right, so yeah, we got got everybody going top ten. Everybody. Williams and all that. I, I have this. I have this weird dream that Jermaine Johnson falls hmm. late teens. <laughs> yeah. Let's say he falls twenty-one, which hmm. is that's that's dang, that's kind of deep. Yeah, yeah I, if, if he about. falls to twenty-one, I'm pissed off that they didn't trade up to thirteen to go get him. That's right. <laughs> because he's right. that good. You trade up for that dude. So I'm no, I'm I'm all on board. He trades. He falls to twenty-one. Man, I'm I'm moving up in a heartbeat. Like he's that level of good and he's going to be able to start immediately needs just a little bit of technique help and stuff like that to be a, you know, top shelf pass rusher, but you're not going to get a guy like that. Like you don't typically get a guy like that, put him in the room with Frank, have him learn. Like that's, that's a good rotation next year. And then you got a guy going forward. How how high would you go, Craig? I personally would go to nine. And I know that that's an unpopular position, trade 29 and 30 go all the way up to pick nine but i don't know that those guys are going to be available you know the popular ones 29 and 50 gets you up into like the early mid-teens like that's the one that i see everybody do i just i'm not sure that one of those defensive studs would be there so i personally would be willing to give both of those picks up to move up to that spot knowing that you got 50 
62, you know, 94, 103. Like you got a lot of picks in day two that you can kind of round out the rest of the roster at that point. Go get your stud. If you're going to go do it, go do it in a big way. Trade up into the top 10. Yeah. Okay. Is Jermaine, sorry, is Jermaine Johnson who you want? Defensive end, or is there another guy? I, I like Jermaine Johnson. I love Trevon Walker. Um, I think his ceiling's the highest of all those guys. I don't think he makes it past pick four. Like, And I think the NFL knows that his ceiling's the highest. I really, really like Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, he might fall. A lot of character concerns. A lot of people worried about his character and things like that. Man, put him in a room with Frank. Like, I know that I keep saying put him in a room with Frank, but put him in a room with Frank. It, you know, if he If he thinks he's going to walk into this league, and be able to just immediately do whatever he wants to do, tell the coaching staff what he wants to do. You got Frank Clark sitting right next to him. That's not going to last for very long. Like, you're you're going to get that out of him almost immediately. I think the Chiefs are one of the teams that can actually afford a guy that maybe has that sort of aura around him or maybe the character concerns that come with him. I would absolutely trade up for him, but – I, I think that, you know, again, I, I think all of those guys are going to be gone before pick, yeah, let's call it 10, 11, 12. So, yeah, Jermaine Johnson, I think, might be the last guy, and I'd take him. For sure, yeah. So, like, how would you rank the um, top four defensive ends in your eyes right now? Oh, man. Oh, that's tough because Aiden Hutchinson's already ready. Like, you're going to drop him in. He's going to play immediately. Uh, Really high floor, pretty high ceiling. Like, guys that move like him don't typically fail in the NFL. Now, he's not the longest guy. He's not the most athletic guy in the world. Like, he's still going to have guys that will trump. And that's why Trevon Walker probably has the highest ceiling in the class because he's, he's long and bendy and has all sorts of explosion. He would be my number two, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, and then Jermaine Johnson. And again, you look at Kayvon Thibodeau's tape, it's better than Trevon Walker's. It's way better. It's just the ceiling, the upside of Walker is so much better. So that's how I'd go. I'd go Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, and then Jermaine Johnson. It's um, it's interesting. Um Hutchinson, I seen earlier in the week, uh, I don't know who did this, but somebody compared Hutchinson to the Bosa brothers, and I'm like, whoa, let's pump the brakes here. He, yeah, he ain't played NFL steep. snap yet. No, that's that's steep. I see people that are comparing, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to be one of the Bosa's. Man, just because he's a white pass rusher doesn't mean you automatically have to comp him to a Bosa. Like, it's fine. He's not that level. He's not Miles Garrett level. I think that's why some of the people – you know, have this debate about defensive end because he's not the slam dunk guy. He's not the one that you're like, you know, when Chase Young was coming out, you were like, okay, that he's number one. Like, that's the guy. You Miles Garrett, that was the guy. You didn't have this discussion about it. Aiden Hutchinson has enough question marks. Now, it's not many, but enough question marks to where you can't just go, hey, that guy is going to immediately come in, be a, you know, 15 to 20 sack guy at some point in his rookie contract. I, I I could still see it happening, but it's not as automatic or it's not, you know, as guaranteed as one of the Bosa's, Chase Young, Miles Garrett, those guys like that that are the premier pass rushers in the NFL right now. Okay, so Craig, what what would a nice consolation prize of Boye Mafa or uh, Drake Pascal look like? I mean, I I like Pascal a lot. I think Pascal's ready to play. I, I think that's the benefit that you get from him is that he's going to be able to step right in and get snaps. I think he's got a little bit of explosion, so he's still got some upside. He's kind of right there on the edge of of both sides of it, so I'd be fine with a guy like Pascal. Um, I like Boye Mafe. I like the ceiling of Boye Mafe. I, I think the thing that concerns me about him is that his tape at Minnesota – is not good. Now, his tape at the Senior Bowl was awesome. Like, he was beating all of those tackles easily and quickly. But in those reps, you know whether or not it's a pass rush rep or a rundown. Like, you're taking those one-on-one reps, and you're saying, okay, now I'm rushing the passer on this rep even before the ball is snapped. When he gets into those situations where he's got to have that run-pass ID, he's got to figure it out on the fly – he plays a little slower than that. So if you can speed that up, he's got a high upside. He's obviously got a trump card and that he can be really bendy and explosive. So he would be fun. 
but I think he's a guy that would take some time to develop for Spagnolo. So I don't think he's going to see as much time on the field as we might want from a first round pick, which is a little bit concerning. You know, if you're spending one of those and you're going, Hey, we need you to play right now. He may not be the guy that they're, you know, sold on at that point. Okay. So um, I want to ask you about the Georgia guys on the deepest line, because they are an interesting study. Um, because people have talked about their snap counts, like their snap counts were all that high in college. Mm-hmm. Like, is that something that you really need to put a stock into, or do you just need to worry about what they did on film in those limited snaps? I mean, in a lot of defenses, yeah, I, I would be a little bit worried about it. Georgia's different, you know they they play a different defense under Kirby Smart. They play a tight front. They rotate a lot of guys. The best player on their defense isn't draft eligible. He's coming out, you know, next year. So he's a defensive lineman as well. There's just so many studs that they had along that defensive line and they rotated guys to keep them healthy. I know everybody is worried about Jordan Davis, a nose tackle. You know, he only played this many snaps and, you know, he didn't rush the passer all that much. I'll tell you what, when you've got a guy with that kind of elite traits and that kind of size, like you don't get guys that do that. I mean, we as Chiefs fans know that, you know, firsthand. Dontari Poe was an athletic marvel, and he was really good for the Chiefs for a long time. Vitavea is an athletic marvel. He's really good for the Bucks. You don't pass on athletic traits like that, especially when he does know how to play. Now, the snap counts are something. Like, it, it's not nothing, but Georgia's defense specifically just rotates guys so much that I don't that that is one of the few defenses that I can look at and say, hey, listen, I know snap counts matter, but they don't matter as much when you can bring in these stud freshmen, sophomore off the bench and still get really top shelf play. They're first round players still. It's not like you're falling off a cliff and keep your guys healthy and, you know, rested throughout the game. So would you, if, would if you, to, sorry. Okay, go ahead, Kylie. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask, would you trade up for someone like Jordan Davis? Mm-hmm. I would. I would. Yeah. And uh, again, another unpopular opinion because people are going to go, why are you trading up for a nose tackle? He's different. And the way that the NFL is going, you're playing more too high safeties. You're taking another guy out of the box. You got to make sure that the guys that are on your defensive line and at the second level can stop the run because you're going to be lighting the box a lot. You do that with Jordan Davis, that means he can play every single down. You can still stop the run. You force offenses to be a little more predictable. It just makes life easier. That's what Tampa Bay did to the Chiefs. You know, that's what Tampa Bay did to a lot of teams on their way to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Just plugged Vitavea in there in their sub packages and said, Hey, we know that you've got an advantageous box count here. Like your running back's going to see it. You're going to say, hey, we should hand the ball off here because there's less guys in the box. It didn't matter. Like you have a dominant defensive line. It does not matter. So I would because I think he's enough of a game changer and allows you to do more stuff on defense. That's exactly how I felt. And and I was going to ask, that was Kylie actually took my question. Good question, Kylie. Sorry. (laughs) I was saying, does that lessen the need for edge? If you can grab a Jordan Davis or Wyatt, does that does that help you and you don't maybe edge as much or maybe. Um I, I can see it. I, I really can. We've seen the, you know, several teams have done that with stud interior defensive linemen. Obviously, the quickest path of the quarterback is right up the middle, you know, not going around the edge, going through the offensive, you know, line. We've seen that with Chris Jones. He's at his most effective when he's on the inside, and that's where he should be. If you put another guy next to him that's really effective rushing the passer and stopping the run, like that makes everybody better. I still think you've got to have some outside pass rush, though. I I do. I don't know that it completely says, hey, we don't need edge anymore because of, you know, this. Spagnuolo is still going to have to blitz a ton if he doesn't have a good edge rush. He's still going to have to bring extra guys, and that's going to create more holes when that happens. It's awesome. I would love it if you drafted Jordan Davis. I am going to be ecstatic and over the moon. And then my next question is going to be, when are we taking the edge? 
<laughs> you know, yeah. it still yeah. does. It doesn't fix it. I, I still want the edge to come, maybe in the second round. But I, I am, I am over the moon about that pick. But it doesn't necessarily fix the pass rush itself. It just gives you a few more options. If if, if you combine Jordan Davis and, and Pascal, oh that's yeah, kind of, that's pretty good right there, right? Absolutely, I'd I'd love that one. Or you throw somebody from the secondary in there, like you you can improve the defense in a number of ways and still go up and get Jordan Davis, especially if he falls, you know, in the mid teens again. Like as we were talking about, you trade twenty nine and fifty, stay put at thirty. You know, draft a corner mm-hmm. there, draft an edge rusher at the end of sixties. You know, uh, hey, I, I'm fine with going defense, 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 but yeah then you got to figure out what you're doing at wide receiver. And that's, that's a whole different thing. So, yeah. Right. Do you see them taking a cornerback early on? No. I I love them too. I want them to make, make the defense better, make the secondary better, especially you don't have a whole bunch of bodies there right now, but I, and everybody that's on their top 30 visits right now, they're all day three guys. So it looks like they're, they're trying to bring in, into the draft, guys. They found guys there before. I mean, Sneed and Fenton are the two projected starters right now, and both of those guys were in day three. I imagine they're going to dip their toes in there again and try and just keep trying to solve it that way and lean on their good safety play, which they will have. All right, so since, sorry, since you think Brett Beach is going to stick to his brand of um, the day three cornerbacks mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, what are some guys do you see in day three that could be a fit with Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, man. Uh, a couple of the guys that they brought in, uh, uh, Jalen Watson out of Washington State and Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State, you know, small school guys. Both of those guys were at the Senior Bowl. Both of them are really long. They, neither one of them has great fluidity you know they're they're a little bit more rigid but they're very physical and very long and they have some decent ball production they're good at the catch point those are everything that steve spagnola wants right there in those three guys you know he or those two guys he wants length physicality and ball skills and you don't necessarily need to you know spend these high picks on these guys with these freakish athletic traits that do all of that when you're going to give them the safety help that he does time and time again. We've seen it with Charvarius Ward, who turned that into a very big contract on a career year. He played really, really well last year. They are still going to be able to do some of the things that they did with Charvarius with other day three guys. So those are the two big ones that I'm looking at. Now, not a whole lot of length in this class, so those two guys might like sneak up into like round three. And that might be a little scary because if they're still waiting to try and take one of those guys, like I, all of a sudden it gets pretty slim after those two are gone. Yeah, I was mad at PFF. They gave me an F for taking Jalen Watson in like the fourth. Oh, I was man. Like, Come on, man. I, that's yeah, a home that's- run. I'm taking that 10 <laughs> times out of 10. I'm ecstatic with that one. That man, that man has good feet for a guy his size. So putting <laughs> him on the field, man. So, so do you think that's the goal? Charvarius Ward's size with Sneed's versatility? I mean, I think that they would like that because they like moving Sneed around. They like being able to get creative with Spagnolo. Um, there's a couple of safeties. Uh, JT Woods out of Baylor is a guy that they have brought in. Some teams have talked about him playing cornerback a little bit with some safety. We've heard that before. He's got ridiculous athletic testing, long arms. Like, he would fit if they want to spend that pick on a guy like that. So I could see them targeting some of those types of guys, some of those longer guys, some of those guys that have a little bit smoother, you know, transitions, things like that, and maybe spend a little higher pick on them. You know, it it, it will say safety and people will go, oh man, you know, just kind of like we were with Legereus Sneed. And then, you know, two hours later when they do the press conference, they'll say, no, he's playing corner for us. And then everybody will kind of flip in and go, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So, <laughs> speaking of uh, who are um, we talk about? We talk about the high guys, but the middle round, like defensive tackles, like we don't really talk about that a lot. Is that because there's a lack of depth there, or? Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> I, there's actually a lot of day three guys at defensive tackle. I don't 
love a lot of the guys in the middle rounds there. Now, Travis Jones is becoming one of those guys from UConn, nose tackle, who also is pretty, you know, freaky athleticism there. But then it kind of disappears for a little while. And then you get into day three, you get into your, you know, Mark Juan McCall out of Kentucky, uh, Thomas Booker out of Stanford, our guys that that we really liked a lot that we got to see in person at the Shrine Bowl. And boy, the, the attitudes from those two guys could not be I- any more different than each other. One of them just talks shit constantly. And the other one is like this ridiculously methodical guy, um, Matthew Butler from Tennessee. I, I think that the sweet spot for defensive tackle might be in that round four range. Uh, as for Brett Veach, if they want to add a guy, I think that there's value there with a guy that can play quickly. I mean, we've seen guys like Turk Wharton get on the field quickly because he knows where the play is going. He processes the game really well. Those three guys process the game really well. But I don't see a guy, you know, Chiefs have gotten some good run out of draft and third round defensive tackles. I don't know if I see a guy in the third round that really fits him this year. Call me crazy, but can we add more picks? Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, 16 picks. There's like so many names that I want. I want Zion McCullen. Oh, I love want Jalen Watson. I want mm-hmm. Eric, uh, the wide receiver. I want him. I want George Pickett. As a comma. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I inevitably do this every single year as we get closer to the draft. I'm like, you know what? I like a lot of guys in day three. Now they rarely work out like all these guys that I've loved in the past and put my guy stamps and stuff like that on. Like I, I have, you know, fallen in love with these guys and then they're out of the league in two years. You know, they're, <laughs> they don't end up working out, but I, I love so many of them this year. Now this year's different. You know, a lot of these guys went back to school because of COVID got that extra, you know, super senior year. So there's a lot more guys on the board. I think Brett Veach even said that in his presser, that he's got a way more guys on his board this year than he has in previous years. So I I could see them maybe trying to move back a little bit, you know, try and get some more value in day three. I just don't know that he's going to be able to help himself from moving up. Like I, I, I would be shocked if he makes more than eight picks, but I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like I know in the past people have said, uh, you know, he, he usually traded down for the most part. But I mean, this guy be the year you just trade up, mm-hmm. especially in the first round. Um, do you see like any other rounds where he will um, possibly trade up in or I think that second is a sweet scenarios? spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that second's a sweet spot. There's a lot of, you know, they've got those those seventh round picks aren't worth very much. But you can move up a little bit or you can package, you know, a second in the comp polls pick and you can move up from 62 into like, you know, the the 50s, 40s. You know, you can get some of these guys that just barely fell out of round one. You know, if you're picking at 29 and 30, which, again, I don't know that they're going to pick at both of those spots. But if you're picking at 29 and 30, then you turn around and get to pick it, you know the late 40s and 50 that's a lot of early talent like it, this team hasn't picked that high very often in the nfl draft under brett veach so adding four guys that high with that kind of talent would be an immediate boost to that so i could see them definitely moving up in round two just to try and catch some of these guys that maybe they didn't expect to fall in you know the second round of the nfl draft yeah, because, like, position of need, um, there are certain positions that are really deep. I mean, wide receiver, obviously. That's obviously mm-hmm. a, deep, a deep position in this class. And then I also see, like, um, let's say um, a guy like Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a guy that maybe that could fit in the SPAC system. That would be somebody I would like. Oh, yeah. I love Petrie. I, basically, take what you picture Dan Sorensen doing for this defense for the past three years and then put a super athlete there that loves to hit, you know, he's still got the same sort of ball production that we've kind of, you know, for all of Dan's faults, he still came up with a lot of interceptions and a lot mm-hmm. of PBUs, but I still the same ball production, but an athlete and an impact player. I, I love Petrie and he could immediately, if you are uncomfortable with paying Juan Thornhill next year, all of a sudden you got Justin Reed and Jalen Petrie on your defense at safety next year. 
that's a pretty good tandem. I, I'd like those two guys because the versatility is awesome with those two dudes. What about uh, <clears throat> what about Dax Hill? Uh, he's he's he was uh, at first he was being mocked to us a lot, and now it, it kind of went away, and then now it's coming back again towards the the last week. Yeah, how do you feel about Dax? I I love Dax. Dax is built to play in Spags' scheme. You know he's he's built to play in all the ways that Tyron Matthew played in this scheme. He can play in the slot, and you can trust him in the slot. He can play deep safety. You can trust him there. You can trust him in the high hole where Tyron Matthew you know basically took away the middle of the field. That's he can be used everywhere, and that makes him a weapon in Spagnuolo's scheme. Now, some other defensive coordinators might look at him and go, eh, I don't know if we like him as much as this other deep safety, so we're going to pass on him because we want that guy who's more of a pure deep safety, or we're going to pass on him because we don't want him playing in the slot versus this other guy who can play in the slot. So you've got to get creative with him. You've got to use him in a lot of different places because of his skill set. But, you know, again, we've seen Spagnolo use Tyron Matthew everywhere. Now, if he can earn the trust of the Chiefs coaching staff, you know, because that does require a lot of trust to do everything that Tyron did. And, you know, not saying that he's going to turn around and immediately be Tyron, but would be a younger guy that could grow into that role and could certainly play in all three of those spots and play it really effectively. Well, I don't know if you have seen um I don't know if you've seen like the uh, the all juice article that Yahoo Sports mm-hmm. does every year in honor of Therese Paylor. Every yeah. at the end of every show we make sure to say recipes Therese Paylor to carry his name on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um I don't know if you've seen the team or not and everything. If you have, um how many of those guys do you realistically see the Chiefs maybe drafting or taking a look at? Oh man, there's a there's a few of them. I mean basically, you know, uh, it's easy to look at that and say, you know, all those Georgia guys, just all of them, you know, because they are all that good. George Pickens, I, I know we we haven't mentioned him much. I, I feel like we have to mention him. It's a requirement for every Chiefs podcast to mention him. Is right. that right? I, I mean, <laughs> right, that's right. that's where we are right now. So, I, yes, George Pickens, yes, yeah, <laughs> George Pickens fits so well in this offense, and he just it, it makes so much sense for him to become a Kansas City Chief. They're getting a little more physical on the outside, but they're blocking. This man is the only wide receiver in this entire draft class that has a blocking highlight reel. Like, it's it's crazy how good of a blocker he is. And he's a really good receiver. And he's got the size to play X. Now, the, the, the only thing that makes me hesitant about him, all these teams have been bringing him in on top 30 visits. And the Chiefs typically use those for guys that have injury or character concerns. Um, you know, he's a guy that reportedly has both, you know, coming back from an injury, has a little character concerns after everybody has brought him in for top 30 visits, he's fallen down the board. That means that a lot of these national guys are hearing basically these top 30 visits aren't going the way that they want. Now, whether that be, he's a little more hurt than they expected, you know, they don't like his attitude. I don't know what that is, but with when everybody is bringing him into eval and he keeps falling, it makes me wonder. And then Brett Veach comes out and says something specifically about wide receiver and how, listen, we have privy, we are privy to info about players. You know, we see the medicals, we see the character stuff. We talk to them in person. So, you know, people see teams pass on a guy and they'll be like, why didn't you draft that guy? But we are privy to that kind of information. Just, all of that has lined up to make me think that they're not going to draft George Pickens. And that's going to make me very sad because he's a hell of a player and I'd love him on my team, but I, I don't know. He'd fit so well though. He really would. Well, it was nice having you, Craig. That was yeah. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. I get it. I'm just being honest. I'm laying it out. Uh, we, look. Okay. So the difference is we got Rick Burke. Burkholder, who can cure anybody. Hey, that's so great, man. That's great. And if Veach hadn't said what he'd said, I'd be completely right there with you. If Veach <laughs> had to come out a lying presser, that's what it is. He's just lying. That's all it is. Craig, when is the last time the Chiefs took a guy that you love? Took when was the last time? Oh, took a guy that I loved. Man, it, it, oh, 
It's been a while. They don't Patrick typically Mahomes. line up with guys that Patrick I like. Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Of course. Mahomes don't count. Mahomes don't a lot count. of people say a lot of people say Eric Berry. Yeah. I mean, my my guy DJ, obviously, you know, I I, I loved him coming out. And um no, I I'd say maybe Colin Saunders. I really liked Colin Saunders coming out. I, I he was very fun player guy that I was very happy with the Chiefs draft and probably the last guy, although I, my guy Luke Barku, Lukeman Barku, now on the Chiefs as a cornerback, a really long guy that got drafted by the, or went undrafted to the Jaguars and played a little bit down there. He's kind of a fringe roster guy, but he definitely had a my guy stamp. He's like one of the guys that I actually stuck my neck out for in the draft guide. And he made the draft guide because of my grade and everything like that. So it was kind of cool to see him get added to the Chiefs. So he's probably the most recent guy that yeah. actually is playing with the Chiefs. Let's see. What you got, Kylie? I think you had something. Oh, no. I was just going to ask. So since you think we won't, we're going to steer clear of George Pickens, who's <sighs> a wide receiver, you a second wide receiver you would bring in? Um. Uh, I like Sky Moore. I know a lot of people don't like Sky Moore because they see him as a smaller guy and they think that people, you know, this team needs a bigger guy. I like Sky Moore a lot because he can he can do a lot of the stuff that Tyreek did and a little bit more. Obviously, nowhere near the level of Tyreek Hill. Don't clip that out and say, oh, Craig thinks that you know, right. <laughs> Sky Moore is Tyreek. Please right. don't do that. He said it. He said it. He said it. Right. No, um, no he's, he's not that but it allows them to operate their offense kind of the same way that they have, obviously, you know, with a little bit of a downgrade there from Tyreek. Um, I like some of these guys that they brought in at the end. That Eric Ezekonma is a fun player. He's a really fun player. He's like discount Traylon Burks, like a guy that everybody's mocking the Chiefs to. You, you can get him in day three of the draft. Like that's a that's a guy that if you have that carved out role, get the ball in his hands like a you know LaVisca Chanel, Debo Samuel, that kind of role where you're just trying to set him up and let that guy get you know yards after the catch. I love him in that role. I I, I wonder if they're gonna wait. I know we all see receiver as a need, but I wonder if they're gonna wait a little bit because you know the, again Veach's presser talking about how the the workouts that Patrick is having down there with all these receivers are definitely informing him as to where they should be looking. And if Patrick is down there saying, hey, listen, I love these guys. This is great. This is working out great. They may be like, okay, we're going to be good. We'll take a guy a little bit later rather than investing, you know, trying to go get a Jameson Williams, trying to go get a Chris Olave, these guys that would be awesome fits in Kansas City. Rather than doing that, you know, maybe they decide to stand pat and take a guy a little bit later and then Chiefs fans are just going to be freaking out the entire time, just like they were last year when they didn't take a wide receiver. <laughs> That's what I feel like about this draft class. I'm like, wide receiver is so deep that, mm -hmm. you know, if we don't get George Pickens cool, there's still plenty of receivers in the draft. Um, but, like, my dream scenario would be if we traded up and Jermaine Johnson still – if Jermaine Johnson was still available, we got him, mm -hmm. and then Andrew Booth Jr. somehow fell towards oh, yeah. us. But – that would require Brett Veach changing his brand of um, defensive backs <laughs> as oh, far sure. as when, they, when he drafts them. So. For sure. And, and injury stuff. That's the, the yeah. He's the one. I, I want to hear that he came in on a top 30 because he's he's a perfect Spags fit. Like, And I would love it. He's a, he's a really good corner, and he's going to be a really good corner. But I don't like drafting injured guys. He just had core muscle surgery. We don't think that they brought him in for a top 30 visit they don't have to tell us you know all of them but right. we got you know right. most of them that we know about right if they haven't brought him in yet like i i just don't know that they're going to take the risk on an injured guy. see i'm full i'm just killing everybody's dreams right here sorry kylie <laughs> sorry chuck sorry sorry country like i'm, I'm just ruining oh, everything man. right here <laughs> killing all these dreams we, we no but it's good like i like the realistic take yeah <laughs> It's good. It's good feedback. This is good. I'm definitely lighting the candle for George Pickens after this show. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, I'll light one too. 
All I want for Andrew Booth. I love those two. Did they stay put at 29 and 30 and take those two guys? Man, I'm going to be running around the streets of the Kingdom Bar Grill. Like, that's, I, I'm going to be just doing laps, man. Like, I, I'm going to be ecstatic. Hey, there's a name that I was thinking about. Um, is it Sam Williams? He's an edge. He's probably a mm-hmm. later round guy. You, how, how do you feel about that guy? Or, oh, um, I love him. Alex Wright or. Um, yeah. It's a couple of late round guys that. Yeah. Those guys have juice. Uh, I like them a lot. A- Alex Wright is a popular name from uh, UAB. Um, he's He's got some juice. Uh, he's a guy kind of like in the sort of Kendo role where he's going to need some seasoning. You're not going to throw him on the field immediately, but if they want to take a round four edge that has some potential every single year, absolutely. Like do that all the time. I, I'm, I'll gamble on athletic traits. Um, Sam Williams is a little different. He's good to go. Like he would probably play immediately. He's got a lot of off field stuff, a lot of it. And um, we, while we are familiar with the chiefs, dealing with those sorts of things in the past they've tried to kind of avoid that a little bit over the past three or four drafts so i i do think that maybe they're they're a little bit off of sam williams but um a guy that is a value pick for sure like it if if you vet the off-field stuff and you say listen this isn't going to be what we think it's going to be or you know whatever the case may be like you can get him a lot later and he's going to play and he's going to play well you just probably got to get ahead of the cowboys since they have turned into the team that's now drafting all of these players that that have some off-field concerns now yeah um some off-field concerns i'll be like man man look y'all trying to win or what other off-field yeah. concerns i'll be like Okay, all right. Maybe we don't want. To, maybe we want to stay away from this guy. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, how exactly. I feel about the situations. <laughs> uh-huh. So, oh, you know what, Craig? We haven't talked about. We've done five draft shows. We have not discussed any linebackers. Linebackers, Ooh. please. Chad Muma. What, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? Muma. Yeah, it's Muma. I got it right. I got yeah, it right. you did. <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> There, there's a lot of guys that could uh, Trey Anderson uh, is is a fun dude. Like I would be completely on board with adding him. I, I think he's going to go a little higher than the Chiefs want to spend. I say that right before the Chiefs probably spend another second round pick on linebacker for yeah, we'll see. But um, they need a guy uh, that can play the dime. I know that Ben Neiman's still out there that he's not officially signed, and I think we all kind of thought well eventually inevitably that's going to happen but i i you know look at look at is he cringing i i said the name that should not be said is that what this is yeah i pray my thing is this my thing is i feel like we could find somebody much better than ben needing to run the dime or the um sure be the green dot or whatever dog that's just how i feel man Sure. I'll, I, hey, I'm on board with it. I'm agreed. With it. Agreed. Yeah. I'm, I'm I sorry. I, I can't know what it is. He just, he just look, like he, he's back here. He's just lurking behind everything right now. You know. So you, Chuck, what you yeah, need is yeah. for the Chiefs to take a linebacker in the draft this year, just to make damn sure that Ben Neiman doesn't <laughs> end up back on the squad. No, you need a guy. You need a guy that can run the dime. You need a guy that you can trust to do that. I know Nick Bolton was the backup there last year. We'll see. Um, I know he said he was working on his own coverage a little bit, which is good when you're playing the mic and sub packages and in the base. But in the dime, Spagnuolo asks those guys to play a lot more man coverage, which is why everybody is very well aware of Ben Neiman because he was in man coverage a lot. So get a guy maybe a lighter guy that can play um, can play a little bit. You know, the, the uh, Gonzalez kid out of Oklahoma State is going to be a small guy, 5'11", and about 220, 230. So a lot of teams are probably going to pass on him because he is undersized, but he's ridiculously smart, and he can cover a little bit. And he would be an upgrade to what Ben Neiman brought to this team and could get on the field because Spagnuolo is going to trust him you know, because he's got the football IQ to get on the field quickly. That's the thing. You know, we all love these linebackers. It's like, I'll oh, put them on the field. Tell them what to do. Ben Neiman's the guy that was calling all the blitzes. 
that was you know calling all the coverages and everything like that in the hurry up defense you know we we see it time and time again at the end of games you got to have somebody that spagnola trusts to do that and unfortunately they haven't brought anybody in to do that yet we agree ben neiman had it here it just yeah. Everything else. Board. Yeah. How do you feel about the kid from LSU uh, that got injured? Is what, what exactly was his injury, and and how do you feel about him? I got to remember what his. Yeah, yeah Demon Clark. Okay. I was about to ask about him too. Yeah, he's. Uh, I loved him last year. Uh, he was one of the guys that we thought was going to come out in last year's draft. I actually graded him because I was grading linebackers last year. I graded him. I get. I had him at like a round three grade last year, and he was better this year. So that injury is going to make him fall a little bit. I think he's more of a true Mike linebacker. Kind of does the dirty work a little bit. All those other you know stud LSU linebackers that they've had that have come out, you know, that were more run and chase pursuit linebacker types. He was the guy that did the dirty work, stacking blocks, you know, taking on stuff. Basically what Nick Bolton does for this team, that's what Clark did for LSU a lot. Now, he did play some Will. He does cover. He's definitely an upgrade. Might be one of those spots where the Chiefs think that they can, you know, spend a pick on him and stash him for a little while and let him get healthy, knowing that you've got multiple guys. Because they do like to switch those linebacker spots a lot. You know, they don't... They don't basically have Willie Gay chasing across the field with every motion. You know, they kick them down and they got to have guys that can do a little bit of everything and that are smart enough to handle all the responsibilities. Clark would fill that role pretty well. That would be a fun linebacker core. Like, I would be ecstatic with that. But again, you know, he may not play very much this year. Yeah, I've, I read on him that um, he actually went spinal infusion surgery uh, back in March. Um, I think, think he had a herniate, herniated disc. That's so right. he's going to miss his entire rookie year. But mm-hmm. I think he was like maybe like a fifth round projection the last time I checked with him. So, oh, yeah, I I'd mean, been, definitely I'd, I'd been a that. fifth rounder on him. You kidding me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, you mentioned because you mentioned so, David, so, my, bad. my bad, Kyle. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. No, I was about to say. I was about to say. Uh, you mentioned Ben Neiman with man coverage. That was the one. Those the two key words you mentioned with Ben Neiman. Like, I'm not saying he's not a smart football player because he is a smart football player. But you mentioned like he doesn't have the athleticism or the speed to play that position. In my opinion, that's just my thing with Ben Neiman. Yeah, you know, I get it, man. And it right. it was mine too. Like I was that dude for for a really long time, and you know, I had a lot of Chiefs fans that really liked what he brought especially you know when they brought him in early as a udfa and he was you know making splash plays on special teams and stuff like that it's like you know yeah he doesn't have the the juice to do some of this stuff but he's really smart and then it kind of it flipped a little bit and then i ended up being the the ben neiman apologist even though it was kind of right in the same spot it was just like no he shouldn't be on the field but this is literally who he is like get mad at spags that's fine but yeah, Ben is doing what he could do with his uh, with his given athletic talent. Right. Yeah. So I know I would like to see a majority defensive draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see us taking a tackle. I know there's a need there a little bit. I could see us obviously going for a wide receiver. Um, do you think, depending, no matter how many picks we end up with, that we'll get majority defense? I'm looking for more than 60% of these picks to go defense. I'm th- all about stocking up. Ooh, I think so. Um, I, and I think those two positions that you mentioned are the two major ones. I could see a tight end getting thrown in there. This team likes to continually restock the tight end cupboard. I like the four that they got, but I, I could see them adding another guy. I do think that it is going to be largely different. They need talent on that side of the ball. They need to restock the core a little bit. They they lost a bunch of guys from their Super Bowl squad. They're looking to lose a bunch of guys next year as well. You got to take more swings on that side of the ball and try and land a guy, land a corner, land an edge, land a defensive tackle, land a safety. You know, you can basically draft all of the positions, even linebacker, like we just got done talking about it. linebacker, they they seem pretty set in their sub packages, but 
they do need some depth there. They do, do need some insurance. So draft those guys and draft a lot of defensive players. And this isn't just the defensive guy, you know, coming out here. But, you know, I, I would love for them to restock more on that side of the ball because they did a good job over the past couple seasons keeping the offense, you know, running and humming at a high level. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, take your wide receiver. And then turn around and just try and help fix the defense or at least give it some youth and some infusion, knowing that you might have a yeah. bad year, but you got some key people going forward. See, All right, see so you're Craig, when you when you say that, Craig, and then we have 12 picks, and then you say I don't see us picking more than eight. Yes. It kind of pushes the number up to 10 to me a little bit. I know. And see, and I would be fine with that. Um, I could I could get on board with that, especially early in day three. You want to package a lot of those picks up and 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 move early into day three rather than, you know, spending a bunch of assets to move high into round one. I get it. I, I, I don't think that your hull will be as good, but I totally and completely understand trying to add more to it. The problem is if you're spending all these assets in, in you know, day three, they, you know, they got a bunch of seventh round picks. Those guys are probably not going to pan out. Typically, the Chiefs have added, not typically, every single year the Chiefs have added six players under Brett Beach. Just six. And those seventh rounders have typically made the squad. They have been guys that have come in there at the end of the draft and they've made the squad. This year, if you're going to add 12, you're going to add that many seventh rounders there's just not enough room on the roster just you know pure numbers game there's just not enough room on the roster for those guys even though we like a lot of those guys and it may make some hard decisions for them i don't know that they'll completely abandon and go the full youth movement and add you know 10 or 12 guys to the roster it's just that's a lot that's a large percentage of your roster that you got to have on rookie deals for a team that likes rookies but doesn't love them under Brett Beach. Right. So you mentioned tight end. Um mm-hmm. and I'm and we asked Matt Lane this on a recent episode about the tight end position. Uh Travis Kelsey, he's turning 33 years old. Um he's starting to get up there in age. He's still an elite player, but at some point you are gonna have to find a replacement for him eventually. Um would this be the draft class to try to pursue that? Uh assuming that they don't think that Jody Fortson or Noah Gray could take over. And I, I think that you've got room for Jody Fortson and Noah Gray. I, I think Blake Bell's the guy that you got to keep an eye on there. He does everything and he does it well. And I like him in 12 personnel, but I yeah. think that there's a lot of guys that can do, that can block well and run good routes. That can be a more, I hate to even say this, but complete tight end than the Chiefs have on their roster. Travis Kelsey is a complete tight end. Don't get me wrong. He's an elite tight end. But we're now to the point where you don't want to be putting him in line a whole bunch. You don't want to be putting extra wear on his body by forcing him to sit there and have to block a bunch of defensive ends. like That that does nobody any good. You want to have him split out. If you're going to run two tight end sets, you want a guy that can come in and block well. There's a lot of guys like that. They can block well and run routes. I know that you know we've looked at some guys like a Noah Gray that can you know get out on the move, line up in the backfield, things like that. I think they got that guy, and if they take that guy, I think that tells you everything they you need to know about how they view Noah Gray. I'm more looking at having a three down guy to try and extend Travis Kelsey's career a little bit, have him take some of the brunt of all of this while still being a good receiving option and let Travis Kelsey win on the outside, do what he's doing is your de facto X receiver, you know, in this offense, you can line him up out there and have him do everything while still preserving and extending his career because we know he's elite. Let him be elite for as long as possible putting them into block, putting them in to, you know, kind of eat all of those defensive ends all game long. Does, doesn't, it's not to his best interest anymore. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you look, if you, if you're looking at tight end, um, I mean, I'm looking at guys like Gray Dolce is out of UCLA. I'm looking <laughs> at Trey McGrath from Colorado state. I'm looking at Isaiah likely from coast Carolina. I mean, those are the top three that come to my mind. Yeah. But like, if you're looking at somebody like, I know they brought in, um, what was that tight end from? Okay. Jared Prince from UAB. Jared Prince, I, yeah, man. Yeah, I know they yeah. brought him in for a visit. So. Yeah, they did. 
Yeah, KC kid uh, played with uh, played with uh, Arrowhead Pride's own Ron Cop. Cop was his quarterback there. So I mean, like they played together. He's a good dude. We got to talk to him at the Shrine game. Lucas Krull is another guy that they brought in. He he was at the Shrine game as well. These bigger guys that can move but block really well. Jelani Woods is along that same thing. Martin Ruckert. These are uh, these are all guys. There's not a, a, a stud tight end. There's not somebody that you're like, man, we got to draft that guy round one. But there's a lot of round two, round three, round four guys that are going to come into the league. They're going to play quick, and they're going to be effective. They may never have the highest ceiling in the world, but a lot of those guys that we mentioned, th- those guys are – all guys that could come in and immediately perform in the Chiefs offense and perform well. So I I think that tight end, just from a value standpoint, might be one of those spots that the Chiefs can't hesitate on. You know, they, they might just be sitting there going, listen, he's a top guy on our board. We know what our tight end room looks like, but we can't let this guy fall. The value's too good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, speak, I'm glad you brought up the Shrine game. I'm glad you brought that up. Because uh, you guys uh, went out there and covered that entire weekend, man. So, I mean, how was that entire experience overall, Ooh. like through the process and everything? It's it's so much different. You know, we used to go to the Senior Bowl every single year and mm-hmm. watch all of that. You know, we still right. get the Senior Bowl tapes. So we get to see that. But the actual in-person nature of the Shrine game is so much different from a media standpoint. We got to have full access to these players for a long period of time as long as these players wanted to they they weren't it wasn't just like hey you know get everybody in a room you got two hours to talk to everybody that you want to and try and get to it or you know you can talk to them a little bit on the practice field afterwards they actually spent time trying to make the experience as good as possible for media and the players you know things were done quickly for the players they got rest they weren't burnt out by the end of the week they were having a lot of fun so the media sessions then the things that we got to do the the sit down interviews that we had to do with a lot of these guys were a lot of fun because of that like they weren't coming in just being like all right yeah i gotta do another one of these no it was they were upbeat they were excited to do it they got to you know kind of be involved in it a little bit and i will say this Arrowhead is number one, obviously. The absolute top of it. Allegiant Stadium is pretty nice. Patrick Mahomes' second home is really, really, really nice out there in Vegas. It, it's, it's a nice field. It's a nice stadium. If you haven't been able to get out there, fly out there. It, it, is, it is really, really nice. And so being able to be on the field, being able to see where, you know, uh, Daryl Williams moss Jonathan Abram right there. You, being able to stay in there right there at the goal line, right where it happened was pretty cool. That's where we watched a lot of practices. It was right there. So it was just, a, it was a really cool experience to see all of that up close and personal. A lot different than what we were used to in a much, much better way. I, I'm excited to see what Eric Galco is going to do with that going forward. So That's really cool, man. That's really yeah. cool. So, so Craig, you've been you've been covering the draft professionally what five years well, now, five six years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, God, it's been that long. My goodness, yeah. Yeah, hey, I was hey, I've been talking to Ken since. I, I know, man. I know, man. Um, what has been your favorite draft draft professionally, and what was your favorite draft? From like a talent standpoint, as a as a fan, as a regular guy, and as a professional guy. Okay, as a regular guy, um, the DJ draft was was my favorite as as a Chiefs fan. Derek Johnson, Derek Johnson, yeah. I, I mean, guy? yeah, he was he was my favorite player in that draft. Him coming out to the Chiefs was just it, it was awesome, and so like. That was really cool to do all that. Now, you know, full circle. Now I get to talk to DJ during the week, you know, uh, doing a weekly defensive breakdown thing is wild. It's still have no idea how that happens. And every single week, I'm just nervous as hell before going in. Those first couple of shows, you was totally just a fan. Oh, I'm just, I'm fanboying out on him, man. It is crazy. (laughs) Every single show. You say first couple, every single show. I'm just like, you are great. You know, and so um, professionally, I, last year's, I I liked 
last year's from a professional standpoint because we got to see those first two picks with Nick Bolton, with Creed Humphrey. I, I think that, you know, the KCSN team as a whole was a little lower just because of the value, not, not because the players themselves, but because of the value a little bit. And then to see the day three swings that they took, the Noah Gray's, you know, the Joshua Kane does, even Cornell Powell was a guy that we liked. And then obviously Trey Smith, you know, loved the approach. So from a professional standpoint, when we got to the end of the draft, it's like, okay, I get it. I saw the vision. I see what was happening now. You know, we get so reactionary and in the moment when the picks are made immediately, but it really takes the entirety of the draft and seeing the whole thing and just being like, oh, I get exactly what they were doing. I understand why they went with the method that they did. So from a professional standpoint, like last year's was the one that I felt like, made the most sense was the most complete draft for Veach. So I am excited to see what he's going to do with all these extra picks with everything that he's got and all the holes to fill. You know, we may get to the end of day three and still be going, all right, I don't know what they're going to do about that position, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I I'm excited because if, if we walk away similar to how I felt after last year's draft, then it's, it's an A plus draft because that means that he felt, you know, filled a ton of holes. For that. Yeah. So as a consensus, we all agree 2013 was the worst draft ever. Oh God. Just in general, yes. Yes. Both, both who I mean, they even picked the right guy at the top of the draft, and it was still the worst draft. It really was. Oh my God. If the only guy you could have picked over Fisher was DeAndre Hopkins, and he went what 27? Yeah. I mean, you could have even said Lane Johnson. Like, Lane Johnson's been good. Yeah. He's been good. But, I, no. They need a left tackle. Fisher made sense. I was firmly on the draft Aaron Curry train at, at linebacker. And, man, was I wrong. Boy, I could not have been more wrong about that. So, yeah. was That wasn't Deion Jordan draft, was it? Mm-hmm. It was also oh, the Deion Jordan draft, man. I think yeah. I was a Deion Jordan guy. I, I did love <laughs> Deion Jordan. I did because of the versatility, man. And boy, I was wrong about him too. I was wrong about a, a lot of people were wrong about a lot of people in the 2013 draft. <laughs> I would love to go look at that draft and see how many people in that first round are still actually in the NFL. It's not a ton. It, it, it's one of the worst retentions of any draft. It, it, it's really not great. Now we're a decade in, you know. It, we're getting ready to come up on year 10. So, like, I get it. A lot of those guys are retired now. A lot of guys don't make it 10 years in the NFL, but that one was especially bad. Oh, God. Yeah. Our luck was pretty bad that year. But, oh, you man. know, Eric Fisher, he didn't live up the first overall, but – he was still a D. He was. He ended up being a decent player for us. He was, he was, he was, he was a enough. top five pick in that draft, bro. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. No, if you re-rack that draft, around. you would still take him early in that draft. You would. And uh, so that speaks to, to, you know, Dorsey and, and Andy Reid coming up with that. that. That means that they at least did enough of their homework. That's all you can hope, you know, when you get in those bad situations there. But think of it this way. If it had been a good draft – and it had been a good quarterback draft, you wouldn't have Patrick Mahomes. So it's fine. Right. It's fine. I, I'll take a 2013 right. in there. You know what that draft reminds me of? And and, and that goes back to we coming full circle with George Pickens. When Andy called George – when Andy called Travis and said, don't mess this up. Because uh-huh. Kelsey had – Oh, yeah. He had plenty of off-fields as well. Though, yeah. Actually. Yeah. Kelsey had a lot of lot of stuff going on. So yeah, that's my saving I, listen. saving grace for George Pickens in his draft. If there's anybody that's willing to take said, don't mess this up, kid. Yeah. If there's anybody that's willing to take a dice roll on a guy like that, it, it's Andy. And so yeah. Once again, I'm 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 here for it. Draft the guy. I can I can just Veach has me scared now. <laughs> <laughs> you got me scared, man. Don't man, believe you scared every year. <laughs> I listen, man. I just take what I got. I take what I got. <laughs> oh, oh, last thing before I forget. This put your conspiracy hat on, Craig. It's on. <laughs> oh 
Brett boy. Beach never mentioned pick 29 in that entire Oh, yeah, game. let's go down it. Let's do this. Okay, go ahead. He mentioned pick 33 separate times, never mm -hmm. mentioned pick 29. Mm -hmm. What are we doing, Craig? Put your We're trading for Brian Burns. Put it We're on. for Brian Burns. <laughs> it's Brian Burns. <laughs> We're trading it to Carolina right now because Carolina is trying to draft Kenny Pickett at the end of the first yeah. round. Come on, Jordan. He never picked, he never mentioned pick twenty. Mentioned I listened to the interview. I listened to the press conference at least four times. And see, I, I heard somebody say, listen, 30 was their natural pick. You know, I get it. He hadn't had 29 for the entire process here, but come on now. You've had 29 for long enough. Like you you really have. I, I will play in this conspiracy game with you. I, I really will. That man said we don't expect Aiden Hutchinson to fall the 30. We don't expect Sauce Gardner to fall the 30. Uh, he said Cincinnati corner. I assume he's not talking about Kobe Bryant because he should be no. there at 30. But <laughs> I you know they don't expect them to fall to 30. It's like, well. Okay, Brett, you have 29, though. So what's the deal here, man? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm with you, man. Yeah, that's, that's, how, you know, that's how you know he willing that pick. That pick is getting traded, man, whether it's up know. or down. But I hope it's up. I hope it's up. I hope it's up. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you agree with the trade-up, trade-down strategy? I like that. I, I, I am completely on board with that. Um based on the mock drafts and everything that kind of consensus right now, I think the sweet spot's going to be in the forties. So yeah, I am completely on board with that. If you're a chief fan that wants to be able to trade down, you got to hope a quarterback falls, hope that Kenny Pickett's there. Hope that Malik Willis is there. Hope that, you know, one of these guys, one of these quarterbacks has fallen because the longer they last, the more tempting it's going to be for, you know, some of these other teams that don't have a young option that they like or you know are currently starting Mitchell Trubisky let's just throw out a name yeah currently they're they're starting Mitchell Trubisky so you know they they can go out and try and add another young guy it's not a good quarterback class but it doesn't mean that teams won't try and fall in love and think you know listen I can get back into the end of the uh, first round here and try and get my guy I I, I could still see it so I, I I'm cool with that Detroit, Carolina, mm -hmm. um, Houston, call us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are open for business. Open for business. That makes the trade-up a lot more palatable, too. You trade up from 29, all of a sudden you turn around and trade back from 30. Makes a lot easier all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, take your conspiracy hat off now, Greg. <laughs> okay, it's gone now. Yo, um... Yo, thank you, man. You you've been a, a, a staunch supporter since day one. Uh, very friend of the show. I, I think we're not affiliated with Kansas City Sports Network, but I think we're like cousins, like second cousin or whatever. We see each other every family reunion. Yeah, and we have fun. Yeah. And we we always call each other like we need to link up more, and but we never do. We just see each other at family reunions. So <laughs> <laughs> no, man, so the draft is our family reunion. And everything. And we're just happy to have you, man. Thanks for doing this. I know today's been a busy day for you. And uh happy birthday to moms. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, man. It's my mom's birthday. So yeah. Happy birthday to mom. Happy birthday to your mom, man. I appreciate it, guys. Hey, love coming on. Love working with you guys. Absolutely love supporting you. If you are listening to this and this is the first time, subscribe. Get on that. Click that subscribe button. Rate, review, get all that stuff. These guys are good people. You you want to be listening to what they have to say, especially with the draft coming up here. Stay tuned with them. My man, appreciate you, man. Nice. Uh, but before we let you go, dog, you're you're Brett Beach. You're in that war room. Whether it's trade up or trade down, who is the first pick that the Chiefs are going to take in the 2022 NFL draft? At 30, hey. not 29. <laughs> Yeah, because they traded 29 for Brian Burns. So at 30, <laughs> they are taking Lewis Seen, safety, out of Georgia. Stud safety, face of your defense going forward. Super smart guy that's going to make a ton of plays behind the line of scrimmage. May not be the sexiest pick or what everybody wants, but my goodness, he I, I think y'all forget about that very quickly in that man's career because he was the – 
He was the guy that ran that defense that was one of the best defenses in college football history. Put him on my team and figure it out later. I love that so much. Yeah. Let's go all Georgia guys. Hey, I'm fine with it. Fine with it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Yo, man, we appreciate you, man. Uh, check Craig out uh, by Drive Guide if you haven't got one already. Even after the draft, get to them. Who cares? Um, yeah. <laughs> support them. They got they got plenty of shows. And uh, like and subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, give them a follow. Uh, Craig, we love you, man. Love you guys, too. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, follow him at Barley Hop. Follow at KC Sports Network. Yeah, you don't Appreciate talk about beer as much as you used to, Greg. I don't – listen, man, I got kids. Like, I just drink them. I don't have time to talk about them anymore. I just drink them now. I just shut up about them. <laughs> Yo, Kylie, take us out. What? All right. So, again, thank you to Craig for coming on. You were awesome. So much insight. So super appreciative of you. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, follow us on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram, and check us out on Spotify. We out. Peace. Four more days. Four more days left, right?